Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. On the Just Being Honest podcast show, we are dedicated to educate the public about how to live a purely toxic-free lifestyle. By eliminating and dramatically reducing the use of many products and lifestyle threats that contain these harmful ingredients that often bombard our life in a mysterious manner, we too can all as a collective whole become healthier and mentally wealthier. So join me on the ride. We're getting deep. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Just Being Honest podcast. This is your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and your host, KB. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? Yep, we haven't talked since last week. I know it. Mm -hmm. I know as an avid podcast listener myself that I always like, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it Sunday yet? Or is it Friday yet? Or is it Tuesday yet? Or is it Wednesday yet? Whatever the day of the week that my favorite podcast shows come out, I am always itching um, and waiting for them to come out. So here we are. New episode here for you all today, episode number 212. Can you believe it? Can you even can you even wrap your noggins around that one? Well, here we are. I cannot believe it myself. Um beautiful weather here in sunny California. I mean, I think spring is coming a little bit early. Am I right? I don't know where you're listening in the world, but I know here The sunrises are beautiful. The sunsets have been even more phenomenal. So I hope you guys are getting great weather where you are or just enjoying being cozy in this quote-unquote winter season we're having. Um, But talk about season, talk about weather. I was so blessed to be able to pop down to Mexico during the Valentine's Day weekend with my love and um, spent some time down there. Got some R&R. I needed it for sure. I got to explore a little bit, do a little surfing, got to spend time with my beau. And um, something came really, really, you know, full frontal with me. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but was getting a massage, um, got a couple of massages because my body just felt so exhausted and it really did help, let me just say, but something, you know, amongst all the communication barrier that I kind of had with the locals, um, I try to do my best to try to learn the local language, but I always like to ask whomever I'm working with, what did they feel in my body? What type of energy? Was there anything stagnant? What can I work on personally? I think that would be something great for you guys all to kind of do as well if you get any body work done. So anyways, I was getting a almost like a lymphatic drainage type of situation. And she basically told me that I had this like blockage, this stuck, you know, I don't want to say polyp, but just, you know, area in my stomach. And I was like, okay, that's interesting because I have been feeling quite inflamed. Now, let me kind of go back to the week that I had before. And I was quite stressed. I felt a lot of stress, a lot of tension. I also recall 
not giving myself enough self-care time, not giving myself enough sit-down time to fully breathe. Yes. Now, how good did that feel, right? So, I want to ask you, do you find yourself running around, doing the mundane, doing the things you don't want to do, doing the things you have to do, doing the things that perhaps, you know, are just redundant, maybe, right, out of the ordinary, maybe distracting, and you don't sit back, look at yourself in the mirror and say, what do I need to do to fulfill me? right now, my soul, my greater essence, you know, my cup. Yes. One of those big things is hmm, breathing. And we don't know how huge just something as so simple as breathing is until we have this inflammation in our stomach. Or perhaps our body mechanisms are not flowing naturally. You know what I mean, right? Yes, gut intestines, it's all the rage. It's always been the rage. I am so fascinated about how my body works. Needless to say, I talk about it all the time. But, you know, even just the connection, right? Today, I'm going to really dive into, you know, our bellies and the gut-brain connection, how it is so vital, Okay, so I certainly hope you enjoy this show. I hope you guys are all well. And um, we've got some amazing, amazing guests coming on the show. Amazing, amazing content coming on the show. So please tune in. Send this to a friend, family member, or just maybe, you know, a random person on the street that you get their contact information. Just shoot this into their inbox, right? It's always fun to connect as a community together and to talk about things that are really helping us heal as a community together. Yeah. So with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy the show. Make sure you check out our shop page on justbeinghonest.com. We have some amazing products on there that you can snag. Um, Again, I personally vet all the products there so you know you're not getting anything with fillers Nothing that's endorsing anything that I don't fully stand behind, okay? I'm here for you. And if you have any questions or if you would like to start on your journey towards a toxic-free lifestyle, I am accepting new clients as of now. And your first session with me is absolutely free. I'm not going to try to sell you anything beyond that. I just want to say, hey, this is my gift to you. Let's have you start feeling a little bit better. So if you would like to take that opportunity, please reach out to me at kb at justbeinghonest.com and we'll get you hooked up with a free session. All right, guys, enjoy the show and I will see you on the other side. Mm, The gut-brain connection, right? So my question, my question for you, we all know your belly controls your brain, right? Is it true? Is it true? Is everything that they're saying out there true? Well, okay, it wouldn't be true if I wasn't just being honest, right? That's the name of the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm just being honest. Let's get honest with it. 
How often have you read about dietary changes when looking for solutions to most of your health issues? Huh? How common has that been for you? You know, why is the phrase fix your gut, fix your health so gosh darn popular? Why is it? I want you to think about that. Fix your gut, fix your health. Think about that. Have you ever thought about how much of your health is connected to your belly? Have you thought about that one? So until recently, we all thought that the brain is the boss of it all, right? The head of the International Space (laughs) Station, right? Um, It controls everything, right? But did you know it actually turns out that even the brain listens to someone just like it, right? Someone just like it. So I want you to keep listening to find out. Um, in this show, you will learn everything from the basics of the gut and brain connection, how interrelated most of our health issues are, and how to actually overcome them. And this goes back to just taking care of your gut. So, does your belly control your brain? Let's find out, shall we? Um, a word I want to introduce to you. The enteric nervous system, or sometimes known as ENS, if you see it in, you know, acronym terms. So here's a little bit about the enteric nervous system. Um, growing up, you may have learned about this nervous system or just the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, which regulates the life sustaining functions like, as I mentioned before, breathing, your heartbeat, blood pressure, and I mean, I could go on and on. And the central nervous system, you've heard about that, which is the brain and the spinal cord and processes you know, these really process sensory information, right? And they integrate a response according to that. So we also have the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. You know, one triggers the fight or flight response and the other calms the body down after the potential danger has perhaps passed by. Okay, so the autonomic nervous system has another really crucial but not so well-known component called the enteric nervous system, which actually regulates digestion. Oh my gosh, ching, light bulb moment. Can I get a round of applause? You're all just like, heck yes. Okay, So the enteric nervous system has similar neurons and neurotransmitters as found in the well-known central nervous system. But the nerves of the enteric nervous system are spread wide across our gut, covering the esophagus, the abdomen, the small intestines, the large intestine, the pancreas, the the gallbladder, and actually the bile tract. And they're all actually connected and woven with nerve fibers. How cool is that? When I think of fibers, I think of the classes I used to take. You know, I'm actually, little did you know, um, went into textiles. 
And I just remember fibers and fibers class and how we would have to weave things together um, on a loom. But then also think of felt, right? You all know what felt is. Think about how tightly woven those fibers are together. Okay, they're actually loose little strands, but when you rub them together, they create a bind, right? A little layer. So did you know our gut is the only organ that can function independent of our brain and has a nervous system with a network of about 100 million neurons in its wall? What? Oh my gosh. Mind-blowing, right? And that is why it's also popularly called our second brain. You've heard that. I'm sure you've heard that. So as we eat, these neurons signal the intestinal muscles to push the food farther along the digestive tract through a series of contractions that break down the food into actual nutrients. So let's talk a bit briefly about the connection between the ENS, the enteric, and the CNS, the central, okay? So the ENS can function autonomously, but digestion requires communication with the central nervous system, okay? Everyone has to talk. Everyone has to be on the same page. So therefore, our ENS uses parasympathetic and sympathetic fibers connecting the central nervous system directly with the digestive tract, okay? Yes, starting to make a little more sense to you. And it also uses hormones such as acetylcholine and serotonin to communicate with the central nervous system. Okay, so it'll make more sense, I promise. But think about it, you know, it's like our emotions. I can break that down. Our emotions have such a huge effect on the way that our digestive tract works. You know that when you're rushed, when you're out of, you know, um, a pattern of a day, maybe your routine got thrown off track. You know, sometimes it's hard to go to the bathroom. Mm. I'm just saying, that is a good example. So both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems actually interact, as mentioned before, with the enteric nervous system. And the gut provides sensory information to the CNS, and the CNS can influence central nervous system. Sorry, I'm starting to use the acronyms. The CNS can actually influence the gut functions and processes through the connections that they have with one another. You know, this also means that signals from the outer environment by the central nervous system do affect the gut. (sighs) Yes, you get it. You know it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been through it. So for example, have you ever thought about why your mouth waters simply at the sight of something delicious, right? Maybe you see a macaron right? Maybe you are like, oh my gosh, that sizzling piece of, uh, you know, watermelon. <laughs> I don't sizzling piece of watermelon. I had a sizzling piece of watermelon, may I add, on my trip that I just went on. But, you know, have you ever wondered why it does that? Okay. So it's all about the biological processes that our bodies and our brains kind of form this relationship together. So what is, you're asking me, KB, what is the gut-brain access? Where is this crossover? 
So, you know, on the contrary to the traditional belief where we thought that the functioning of the body was a top-down, you know, the brain running the rest of the body, you know, top-down system, um, you know, we thought the body always followed the brain, right? Now, we have actually discovered that the body influences the brain too. It's a bi-directional communication. They work hand in hand. They're quite the duo. And the gut-brain access links the central and the enteric nervous system through a cranial nerve called one of my favorite things in the entire world, the vagus nerve. Vagus! No, not that vagus. Just the vagus nerve. <laughs> and this is basically extending from the brain stem through the neck to the abdomen. Mm-hmm. So sit up a little bit taller. Did you do that? Roll your shoulders up, back, and down your spine. Let's align that vagus nerve. So this holds and carries signals from the digestive system to the brain and vice versa, right? It's just like this beautiful little highway, the Audubon, okay? So this is also why our psychology influences our digestion and our digestive issues affect our mood and emotions. So how do the gut and the brain communicate? Okay, let's move on. The digestive system has numerous nerves within the gastrointestinal tract that connect it to the ENS and the CNS. Okay, stay with me. Don't turn me off. I promise. It's getting interesting. There is a biodirectional flow of sensory information, signals, and commands that actually go between the enteric and the central nervous system. And these are flowing on the neural pathways that pass through the sympathetic ganglia. Love that word. Love it a lot. To control the actual digestive function. And the sympathetic ganglia are basically like little stations that store the strength of the transmitted signal that is carried by one of the nerves to the next until, you know, the next one enters in, right? So it's just boop, 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 little pathway. And this whole process is totally like out of our control. It's autonomous, right? It just happens. And the commands to and from the ENS and CNS are carried by the vagus and the pelvic nerves with help from the sympathetic pathways, okay? So it's very important that we're all in complete alignment here. So my next question to you is, what processes does the gut control? Okay, we may think we know, but um, there's maybe a little bit more that you didn't know. So the gut, being the second brain, controls more than just that mm, digestion, right? It does work with digestion of the food, but it also goes into absorption of nutrients. It goes into the excretion of waste, which we all love a good poop. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. We do. The development of the immune system, it goes thoroughly hand in hand with that. Can you believe that? Your gut forms with the development of the immune system, okay? Healthy gut, healthy life, happy life. 
And it also forms with the gut-brain communication, okay? The gut has to have that control so it can communicate accurately with the brain, okay? So the influence of the gut diversity on the brain, let's talk about this one. You know, the balance of good gut bacteria and other microorganisms in the gut microbiome widely affect your emotions and the way that your brain processes just things like sensory information. So along with helping with digestion, teaching the immune system how to identify pathogens and those common toxic invaders and maintain hormonal balance, you know, perhaps a very nicely diverse microbiota in the gut, it's completely vital for cognitive activity, right? For that function, that well-forming function, and for just processing emotions in general, okay? And I say this in such like scientific terms, but what I really mean is, you know, depression, anxiety. I'll go into that further. So during digestion, as the gut microbiome breaks down food to get nutrients, it also produces metabolites that influence all of the cells in your body. Thus, the nerve cells that move along as well. And these metabolites play a significant role in reducing things like oxidative stress from well-common foods, certain foods, and have a preventative role in actually, guys, cardiovascular diseases and cancer. What? So a little things such as gut health can help prevent cardiovascular disease and cancer. Yes, turns off oxidative stress. And a diverse gut microbiome increases intestinal permeability, which in return allows neuroactive compounds to enter the blood. I know I'm getting really scientific. Stay with me. Pretend you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay? So permeability, just like the way to react to certain situations, right? The way that it's working, the way that it's functioning. And these neuroactive compounds have broad, broad cognitive, behavioral, and psychological benefits such as um, improved mood, and as I mentioned before, easing anxiety and depression prevention. Huge. Yes. Just hit my microphone there. I'm like ecstatic. Huge. Huge. Breakthrough. Um, So there was a study that was actually conducted when I was researching this that it showed the differences in behavior between mice that had a diverse gut microbiome versus mice that did not. And the mice that lacked a diverse gut microbiota showed an exaggerated stress response, okay? And this response was reversed when their gut was colonized by the common term or the word that we know in like a probiotic strain, which is lactobacillus, and just one of the strains, which is rhamnosus JB1 bacteria, which you don't have to know that off the top of your head, but that's just one of the strains amongst the many that we have in a common probiotic that many of us may consume, but we want that bacteria, okay? So let's talk about cognition, right? What a beautiful word. And the role of, I'm gonna, don't worry, I'll tell you, BDNF. 
So the nerve growth factor, or the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, influences neuronal development at the very early stages of growth, okay? It is produced in both the brain and in the gut. It also protects the body and the brain against stress-induced damage and helps determine one's stresses and the intolerances to that, their mood, and their cognitive function. So people with a healthier and more diverse microbiome have higher um, brain-derived neurotrophic factors, or BDNFs, in their brains. And same goes in reverse, vice versa. So studies show that vigorous exercise can increase the levels of BDNF. So if you're training for something rigorous or you're running stadiums or you're running daily every, you know, morning or evening or, you know, pounding the weights, that may help strengthen. It's just like working out for your brain, right? So let's jump into the gut health and actually the memory, right? We're talking about cognition here. So gut health and our memory. So in that study that I just mentioned before, the elimination or lack of diversity in the gut microbiome of the mice showed spatial and working memory, right? So you know what I'm talking about there, like the touch, the feel, remembrance of that. So humans with a diverse microbiome have higher BDNF in their brains and in turn, better memory. Okay, so the more diversity, the better the memory. And research has actually confirmed that the correlation between an imbalance in the gut microbiota and Alzheimer's disease, okay? So here, the gut imbalance was associated with the development of an amyloid plaque in the brain, which is basically the origin of the neurodegenerative disorders in Alzheimer's disease. So... That could be a little tool for your toolbox, I'm just saying. And a protein called lipopolysaccharide is found on the membrane of some intestinal bacteria, which actually promotes inflammation and has also been found as being in the amyloid plaques around vessels in the brains of people with Alzheimer's, okay? So getting that protein out. And the imbalance of these intestinal bacterial causes neurodegeneration and in turn weaker memory and deteriorates other brain functions as well. Huge. Mind-blowing. Okay, so let's jump into how are gut and anxiety related? Oh my gosh, this is something that I think we can all relate on. So if a person is highly stressed, the cortisol secretion in their body increases. Okay, I know, raising my hand has happened to me many times in my life. Meaning that their sympathetic nervous system would trigger the quote-unquote fight-or-flight response. We all know that. We've heard that. Signaling actually the enteric nervous system to slow down or even stop digestion. What? We don't want that. I don't want slow digestion. I want fast, rapid digestion. (laughs) 
So to redirect all the body's energy to fight a potential threat or problem, that is why it's slowed down, okay? This is also why when someone is highly anxious in a social situation, the digestive process becomes temporarily disrupted and perhaps causes a stomachache, okay? Makes complete sense right there. To look at it in perhaps maybe another way, um, digestive problems can also disrupt psychological functions as well. For instance, while facing digestive discomfort, a person's whole attention shifts to their stomachache, right? And then they ignore everything else, right? Maybe they're thinking about their stomach and they're driving in the car and then bam, they get in a car crash. Okay, that's a little out there, but that's just an example. And disease, right? Both the gastrointestinal and extra gastrointestinal diseases, um, these have been associated with the gut gut microbiota imbalance and the charge of the inflammation. So to alleviate these diseases, such as anxiety and depression, I recommend to look a little bit closer at your lifestyle, right? Cutting out toxic thought patterns influences people, perhaps, consumption on social media, consumption of certain foods, okay, right? So whether or not certain habits and foods are pro inflammation or not, it's really, really strong to consider these options. Great example is, you know, I'm a huge advocate for mental health. And I think we all know that, like, especially our children and our younger ones out there, um, whether they're working out athletic, playing outside or not, the items that they eat is huge, huge in the function of just how they're feeling. Self-esteem, confidence, energetic um, nutrients that are actually being built in their system. As mentioned before, these are building the new nutrients that are being absorbed to create the neural pathways in order to create a healthy future. Everything is compound interest. So what you put your, in your mouth grows you, right? You are a plant. You are being blossomed and bloomed into something greater. So just kind of think about that one. So this is something, I mean, I love butterflies, right? But have you ever wondered why you feel butterflies in your stomach? I was learning this one and I want to share it with you. We all have felt it. I know we have. We've all felt it while, you know, thinking about a person or maybe an event that's coming up in our life. But the actual reason behind this is that the gut-brain connection, when you have that exciting thought or experience, your dopamine levels boost like almost instantly and your heart rate rises. So as this happens, your brain signals to the rest of the body to focus the blood flow to your heart and actually away from your digestive system. So therefore, as the blood flow drops, your digestive muscles actually shrink and the blood vessels near your surrounding and your abdomen actually tighten. And this is what makes you feel a subtle fluttering or maybe a huge fluttering 
and that tingling sensation in your stomach. So that is going to be the next fact that you share at a dinner party or maybe when you're having an awkward conversation with someone that you just met. Share that one. Do you want to know how butterflies are formed in our stomach? Um, okay, something I'm a huge advocate about also is healthy and balanced hormones and how hormones are really regulated within this process. So for a hormonal balance in your body, a healthy gut with a diverse microbiome is crucial. And the good bacteria in your gut shield, it actually, what I should have said, it actually shields you from the pathogens, pathogens that can cause problems like perhaps insulin resistance, hypothyroidism, depression, and actually fertility-related diseases. So an an imbalance in the gut microbiome can also cause a hormonal imbalance in the body. I know I had to deal with this in 2020 hugely, Um, and I think we're always working on our hormones and keeping them stable and regulated, but did you know an imbalance in the gut microbiome can cause hormonal imbalance in the body. Okay, so I want to jump into those happy hormones, right? And, you know, dopamine, okay? So note that around 50% of dopamine, or better known as the pleasure hormone, and 95% of serotonin, which is the happy hormone, are produced in the gut, I feel like a professor here. In the gut, kids. So initially, nutritional psychiatrists commonly used the prescribed, you know, what are they called? The SSRI antidepressants, you know, to boost serotonin levels in their patients. I know a lot of kids there that are on SSRIs. You don't want them on SSRIs for a long time. Things might be ruffled in their gut microbiome, Okay. So this, however, as I just mentioned two seconds ago, it backfires. It backfires as it has certain side effects pertaining to the gut health. And we know that the permeability in the gut also increases the serotonin reception in the body. So with the communication between the gut and the brain via the vagus nerve, This process can impact one's mood in terms of the degree of joy, sadness, or even like anger that they experience. And this information also acts as the direct link between the diet and the gut health and mental health disorders such as mentioned before, depression. Huge. So let's jump into the common of the insulin regulation with the hormones. So the gut microbiome significantly influences how the body responds to insulin. And insulin is a hormone that carries glucose from, this is science, right? Glucose from the food to the cell walls in the body and then to be converted into and used as energy. So a bacteria called lactobacillus ruteri Um, which is in the gut microbiome, helps regulate insulin. And this bacteria helps keep insulin secretion in check, which then in turn helps with better absorption of nutrients. Okay? 
So when there's a lack of good bacteria in the gut, the barrier of the gut becomes weaker. Makes sense, right? And this can lead to pathogens in larger molecules of glucose coming inside of the gut. Oh, we don't want that. Okay. So the entry of these pathogens in large molecules can trigger an immune response in the gut, which can lead to inflammation in the body and then in turn causing hormonal imbalances and insulin resistance. Now, this can cause diseases and health health conditions such as you well know as diabetes and metabolic syndrome. Okay. So something that I had to work on thoroughly was my estrogen balance. So estrogen is an essential hormone for the female body, as many of us know, and it develops and maintains the reproductive system. It actually affects the brain activity entirely, the mood, your bone health, um, prepares the body for childbearing, cholesterol control, And I mean, I could go on and on and on. But studies show that an imbalance in the gut bacteria, especially a lack of estrobolome, which is basically a bacteria found in the gut that metabolizes estrogen, can cause estrogen imbalance leading to issues like PCOD, endometriosis, infertility, hair loss, uh, blood sugar, and weight fluctuations, okay? So that's something you might want to take note of. So let's jump into the thing many of us think when we start gaining weight or we think our hormones are off is thyroid function. And the thyroid hormone is essential for the body's growth and energy regulation. It also is responsible for regulating the heart rate of the body. Did you know that one? So thyroid imbalance in the body can cause a major, major weight loss or gain or anxiety or irritability. It can increase or decrease um, one's appetite and so many other wellness issues. So those are just a few. But something I want to share with you is gut dysbiosis. And this is also linked to low-performing thyroid, Okay. Yes, I definitely have had gut dysbiosis in my life. I'm not perfect. I'm perfectly imperfect, right? Um, But it actually deteriorates the thyroid function, which can contribute to inflammation and other health issues down the line. So this imbalance is also the leading cause behind diseases such as hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, hyperthyroidism, or Graves' disease, okay? Take note of that one. So something that we've been focusing on much the past couple of years is immunity and gut health. So gut health equates to a healthy and well-functioning immune system. In fact, about 70% of the immune system inhabits in the gut. Did you know that one? So the gut microbiome plays a very important role in the development of immune barriers. They basically teach your immune system how to differentiate between the bad bacteria and pathogens and beneficial bacteria and microbes that enter and exit our body every single day. 
And this is exactly why gut diversity is highly crucial to a healthy body that wants to be protected from all communicable and non-communicable diseases. So the microbes in our gut, they fight toxic foreign substances. They fight off harmful free radicals that often at times enter our system from what we eat and then they flush them out via excretion, aka poop, (laughs) or, you know, the other. (laughs) But anyways, this goes huge, dives into the diet then. We just talked about eating, right? Eating, diet, and gut health, right? Everyone wants to know, KB, what do I have to eat? (laughs) Okay, So the diet and the gut microbiome are basically, they're like best friends or like peanut butter and jelly if we're going to talk about food, right? Or, you know, they could be little enemies depending on someone's um, bad habits. I hate to use bad, but we're going to use it here. So what you eat has a significant impact on your gut health. Given. It's a given, right? Now, this might surprise you, but these effects um, can be seen in just as little as 24 hours. So what you eat, how often you eat, the bacterial composition of the things that you eat, your existing gut microbiome, everything affects your gut's health, right? Yes, got it. So focusing on eating the right foods, foods that are high in fiber, fermented foods, and probiotics, the right probiotics, they feed the good bacteria in your gut that will support, I promise you, it will support your body in intestinal homeostasis, immune intolerance, um, excuse me, immune tolerance, and give you a well-rounded, healthy, and fast metabolism, which we all want that. So when you eat food that does not support the diversity in your gut, or it does not feed the good bacteria in your gut, as I mentioned before, you're putting your body in a phase of dysbiosis. Think of that as like discomfort, right? Dysregulation, not working, it's not flowing. And a dysbiosis is basically a reduction in diversity in the gut microbiota. And it has that loss of beneficial or good bacteria. So, Y'all want to know, what causes dysbiosis? Well, processed food, high sugar consumption, inorganically produced foods, foods that are treated with pesticides, over-sanitizing, high stress, over-consumption of antibiotics, lack of nutrient-dense food, and that's just to name a few. We all know that um, more can be on the way. So how, you're asking me still, how does diet affect your brain? The brain functions continuously, you know, at a, you know, it's, it's moving all the time. It's moving at a 24-7 rate, right? But it requires that the right fuel has to be in it thoroughly to run it along. So the food that you eat is what fuels it. What you eat has a direct and significant impact on your gut microbiome and subsequently your brain, right? 
the structure, the functioning, and the overall efficiency of it. So eating foods that are good for your gut health, foods that are easy on the digestive system, and feed the good bacteria in your gut also fuel and protect your brain's activity. And these foods range from ones that are rich in minerals, vitamins, antioxidants, and um, I would say not only fuel the brain, right, in that, but also protect it from damage from stress, from the oxidative processes, and from, as I mentioned before, those free radicals, right? So studies, the research looked up, show that there is that link between a high sugar diet of processed foods and the deterioration of brain health. So high sugar diet of processed foods deteriorate brain health, okay? An unhealthy diet can also deteriorate brain activity in ways that can lead to mental health disorders such as depression, Alzheimer's disease, and dementia, okay? That is like our highlighted word, excuse me, quote of the day, okay? So you might have noticed how after you may eat certain foods that are relatively, quote unquote, tastier, (laughs) you feel bloated, uncomfortable, and just overall fatigued. You're tired. So this might be the body's reaction to foods that aren't as easy on the gut as healthy food. This also affects the mood and mental state of the person and their whole reduction of maybe creativity, increasing anxiety, and impacting sleep at times, right? Hmm. Yeah. A lot of information, but I think that's the most pivotal point, okay? The food, the diet, right? Yes. So, in the end, how does your belly control your brain. Does it? Certainly does. You just heard everything I just say. Clearly it does. And the way that our brains and our guts are totally intertwined, they're dating, they're interconnected, they're married. Each activity in one influences the other. So what you eat influences your gut, which influences your mood and mental states, your mental health which influences your lifestyle, which influences your brain's health, and it all comes back to the gut. So the key here would be to know what exactly needs to be changed in your unique lifestyle. Yes, I hope you design that unique lifestyle, right? And what needs to be changed to ensure brain and gut health, both of which significantly significantly influence every single thing that goes beyond. So where do you start? Where do you start? I've got your back. How do you take care of your gut health? I think one of the biggest things is managing stress. You know, stress can have so many negative effects on your gut health overall. It can alter the brain-gut connection massively. It can impact your digestive process, resulting in discomfort, pain, bloating, so on and so on, okay? But it can be managed by self-awareness, by knowing your triggers and working through them, working through them, and trying not to take on 
too much stress. Don't take it on. Delegate it. Move it away. Push that bad boy out there. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know it's easier said than done, but this one practice takes just simple, regular effort till the time it becomes basically an easy habit of stress-free living, right? Beyond stress, I want to encourage you all to promote (laughs) your lifestyle and having a high-fiber diet. Mm. Fiber is the key component to a gut-friendly diet. So fiber-rich foods act as a fuel for the microbiome. It increases the gut permeability to help waste products move smoothly, help alleviate constipation, and really, really ensure, you know, like a smooth colon health, okay? So having a balanced diet with fiber-rich foods, which will help you maintain your gut health, basically is the key, right? It has many other benefits, though. So it helps with fertility regulation, controlled blood sugar levels, healthy weight management and maintenance, and overall longevity. Foods that I want you to incorporate that have high fiber and that can help you do all those things are um, a great non-GMO whole grain, legumes, broccoli, berries, avocados, apples, bananas, dried fruits that are sun-dried, right? No sulfites added, and actually oranges. So the only thing I want to say about the fruits, try to eat the whole fruit. I, I don't want you to use the excuse of, oh, I'm getting a juice because you're stripping the fiber. Okay. Another thing in regards to foods is I would really love for you to avoid, completely avoid processed foods. Ensure that whatever you eat is free of chemical additives and artificial sugars. So processed foods, you know as well as I do, they damage, they damage the gut environment and make it susceptible to chronic diseases, okay? So your gut thrives on natural organic food, whereas processed foods are the exact, the exact opposite, right? And with artificial sugars and starch, hydrogenated fats, laboratory-added flavors, or food colorings, yeah, that's not food. Yeah, I'm just being honest. (laughs) Like, what is that? So processed food increases the oxidative stress in the body, causing digestive discomfort and reduces diversity in the gut microbiome overall, folks. So basically, it's not easy on your gut, okay? (sighs) Okay, and so as I mentioned before, the consumption of probiotics those supplements that I love to take, and using these to help support a healthy gut. So probiotics are basically, if you don't know, they're basically food for the good bacteria in your gut. They fuel the good bacteria in the gut and maintain microbial balance, okay? So these are found in basically, I mean, you can find them in foods if you are not taking a supplement form. But they are found in various fermented foods and supplements, which can be made a regular part of your diet. I mean, so simply to say. So to ensure that your probiotic intake is very, very rich, and 
consuming a trusted probiotic supplement on a regular basis is highly recommended. And I have one that I recommend. It's, I'm going to say a brand right now. It's by Megaspores. <laughs> it's not, it, it's not cheap or inexpensive, but it does wonders. Let me tell you. Okay. So invest in a good probiotic. Don't just run down to the drugstore and grab one off the shelf. Invest in a good one because they act as neuroprotectors that prevent oxidative stress and the induced dysfunction of that in the neurons. So studies have shown that consumption of the probiotics can actually significantly help alleviate, as I mentioned before, anxiety and depressive symptoms, okay? So moving on with what are we gonna eat? And as I mentioned, fermented foods. Love it. So naturally fermented foods help increase the number of good bacteria in your gut. And you can make such dishes, like you can make them at home, you can purchase them from your um, organic food brands that you love so much, and you can add them um, to your food regimens. You can eat them as a snack, a beverage, or a side dish. I mean, so easy. So I want you to kind of do your research before you just kind of like snatch one up, but um, make it part of your daily diet, you know, and you might also want to see if you are allergic to any of the ingredients before you bring them in because fermentation can actually cause some interactions, right? So some things that I love so much are kefir, pickles, kombucha, curds, you know, it's kind of like a curling, like cottage cheese, um, if you eat cheese, sauerkraut, miso sauce, um, or miso paste, as we know, kimchi, and a really, really great clean sourdough bread, and also tempeh, okay? Whew. Wow, guys. Okay, so I am like totally winded from this, <laughs> but, um, and that was a lot. I get it. That was a lot. Um, if you have any questions, please do reach out to me. I'm here for you. I'm here for your gut health your brain health, your whole embodiment. Um, Let's get the toxins out. Let's live a toxic-free lifestyle together. I'm here to help you design yours, and I'm ready to get you started on working with me alongside to create your unique lifestyle footprint in this world, all right? So I want you guys to take extra good care of yourself. Um, You know, really consider giving a lot of love to yourself and your body because you go through a lot mentally and physically. And um, if you made time to listen to this episode, um, make time for yourself. You know, that's just a that's just a simple start. So until next time, guys, it has been an absolute honor. It's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love, ciao. A lot of today's talk was about the gut-brain connection, but one of those important factors was just about how the gut is so influenced and basically by the immunities too, right? The immunity in the gut and the brain and how it all is intertwined together. Um, So your health is my basically top priority. And that's why I wanted to share with you guys Beekeepers Naturals. I love using their products, especially the Bee Immune Throat Spray. It's a um, honey-derived propolis that I use every single morning. I just squirt 
four sprays into the back of my throat. It actually tastes really good. I'm kind of like the nerd that looks forward to it every single morning. And I know that I'm setting myself up for the necessary defenses against, um, yeah, anything that may come my way, such as flus, coughs, colds, any other, you know, factors that may come my way. So I love beekeepers naturals. They're powered by the hive and of course backed by science. Um, They grow their own hives. They grow their own honey. The founder, Carly Stein, she is an amazing, amazing wonder. So guys, you want to make sure to grab some of those products over there. They also have the Bee Soothed, which is the honey lozenges. I know that Earlier this year when we were starting to take our masks off again and I went to a very cold place called the beautiful New York City, um, we weren't used to like being out in cold weather so drastically, yeah? Girl from California going to New York City running in the cold wasn't the smartest thing, but I had a great time. So I had to load up on some lozenges and these lozenges are honey lozenges. They have propolis, zinc, vitamin D, and it's all for that immune support. So guys, I want to give you 20% off all Beekeepers Naturals. And the link is in my bio, but you can also put in code HONEST20 at checkout and get all of your goods. Um, There's so many more items. And let me know which is your favorite and what you're loving. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in.